Welcome to the Real Hill Podcast, a ministry of Bunker Hill Christian Church in Bluff City, Tennessee. Our goal is to seek, serve, and grow to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Join us weekly for a behind-the-scenes look at what is going on at the Hill and how you can be a part of what God is doing. I'm your host, Sarah B. And I'm Grant Foster, lead minister here at Bunker Hill. And I really hope you will journey with us as we try to create a place where church comes home. Welcome back to the Real Hill podcast. We're in week two of our series about all about money called the Almighty Dollar. How's it going, Grant? It's going good. Going good. Having a good start to the summer. Yeah, it's been busy. We had a really fun event for the kids on Friday. They actually got free at into a water park for good grades so that was really cool for them and yes. uh, somehow our volunteers survived with 19 kids at a water park so <laughs> i i do not know it was the grace of god purely so yeah yeah that's awesome yeah a lot of fun stuff planned i'm excited yeah. for the summer so um yesterday i thought went really well were there any um things that you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on yesterday or should we just dive into the questions well you know we can dive into them but i do have an important poll that came out of yesterday and it didn't have to do with the almighty dollar um we had our class yesterday called base camp and that is a class that kind of introduces everybody to who bunker hill is and um also gives them time to ask questions mainly people that have been visiting with us and you know we had a big turnout yesterday which was great um, but I noticed that we need to maybe do a poll here and maybe some people will jump on uh, at some point or uh, you know messages on Facebook what their thoughts are maybe we can throw that up there at some point but I asked the question what your favorite breakfast cereal was and this is an important thing you know what is your favorite breakfast cereal and uh, so because of that I got three main answers uh, one was Cocoa Puffs uh, one was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, okay, and uh, then the last one that we got was Captain Crunch, and so I've just got to ask, I've got to know, Sarah, which, how would you place those in order, ranking <laughs> from highest to lowest, and I, I would say highest, start with the highest and work to the lowest of those three. Well, it's tough because uh, Greg and I are doing the low-carb keto life, so breakfast cereal is a thing of our past. Oh, but my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Past, I know. It's hard to believe. Yeah. In a past life, I love um, the effects that Cocoa Puffs and Cinnamon Toast Crunch have on the milk. So oh. I would say Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but in the chocolate milk from the Cocoa Puffs. That would be the way to solve that problem. Wow. Like Crunch is just not worth it, yeah. Oh, wow. Captain Crunch yeah. and make a, Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Fair enough. Think fair enough. Well, yeah. My answer was, I really like your creativity. That's really, <laughs> now I'm going to try that at some point. But I, I'm a Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy. So that was my answer. Right behind that, I would actually put Captain Crunch personally. And then I would, I would jump on Cocoa Puffs. But that's because I, I'm not big on chocolate. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we can, let our, we can let our listeners decide what they yeah. think the best one is. But for I, me, that's kind of where it falls. But yeah, so uh, just had to get that out of the way. That's it's the real that. news. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is what you get on the real hill. So, um, so to move on to kind of what we were talking about yesterday, uh, as far as what we got to cover, we it, we kind of recapped uh, really what the Almighty Dollar is about and what this series is about, and that is kind of changing the lens in which we see uh, money and its role in the church. You know, um, that that we really want to see money more as a tool for the kingdom rather than the kingdom itself. 
And that's kind of the challenge we've been walking through. But for that lens to change, we have to really deal with two attitudes that we talked about the first week, which are how I give and then uh, also how I live. Uh, and, and that refers to how I live with money in a sense. And so uh, yesterday we jumped into that first one of how I give. And that's not whether you give online or at the plate or whether you use your tap to pay or whatever. If you go to a church that offers that, whatever it is, it's more about the uh, spirit in which you give. And in Second Corinthians chapter nine, we said that, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. But when I say that, what does that mean? And um, that was kind of a difficult thing to kind of look at, because when you say cheerful, you, you don't really know uh, what what that means as far as our spirit or uh, our, our soul, even in the way in which we give, you know, uh, the idea and, and, and way in which we give. So uh, that's what we kind of jumped into yesterday. And um, one of the big things that I really wanted us to walk away with is that it's really not about what you do in the sense of uh, the way in which you give, but it's more about the spirit in which you give, that cheerfulness and how, how you get that is actually by emptying yourself out, by learning to see that it's not uh, money and the way you use it. It's, it's not even about you. It's where God needs you and where he needs that tool. And so that's one of the things we dug down into yesterday, if that makes sense, Sarah. Yeah, and I, I like how we started out um, talking about the two words, you know, you're either a miser or a squanderer. And yeah. I loved how you said you can't answer for your spouse. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. I think that talks about motivations, too. So you have the miser that, you know, really hangs on to every little thing and penny pinches that you think of Scrooge and, you know, Scrooge McDuck, whichever version you like to think about. <laughs> um and, and then you think about the squander, you could think about the prodigal son going around spending all his money or even just someone um, that just, you know, every time they get a bonus, it's gone the next day. And, and, and I think for it changes for people. So with my brother and I, he was the saver. I was the spender with our allowances. But as we've gotten older, we've kind of shifted. I've gotten a lot more, you know, now that I have a husband and, you know, family, like we um, we're a little bit more cautious when we get extra money, like we're not just going to throw it on something that doesn't matter. So we're more thoughtful as we get older and go through life. So I think your your tendency to maybe spend or save might change as you go through life and see different things. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think the answer, like the best option is to be somewhere in the middle. Like you don't want to be to either extreme, yeah. um, a waster or, you know, overly conservative where you're not helping anybody. Um, yeah. And the, the problem with either of those two, if, if you kind of land in one of those two camps, is both of them are building up an earthly kingdom. You know, either you're building up a kingdom where you just have a large retirement and you have uh, just mounds of money, you know, which God is not against people being rich. OK, there's there's some warnings about living in that lifestyle, but he's not against it. But that's that's still when you're building that up, just building up that storehouse eventually that's going to come to an end. You know, it can't go with you. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you're just spending it all, if you're just buying things, you're still contributing to a kingdom that's temporary because you're only investing in things that are here. And uh, neither of those things invest in that middle section that we're kind of talking about in an eternal kingdom, which is God's kingdom. And the only way to really get to that point is when we understand that we are God's vessels uh, and, and that money, in a sense, is simply a tool for us to extend his grace, to carry his grace, his message to the world. That's the whole purpose of money. 
Um, but in, until we see that, uh, then we're always going to tend to fall in one of those other two camps. And it's going to be hard to find that that spirit of cheerfulness. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think to kind of flesh out like the whole cheerfulness thing, you made a funny point yesterday. It's not like skipping up to the offering plate, whistling your happy tune, yeah. throwing in, you know, it's not really that it's more just, I would think like being expectantly hopeful of what God will do with that money, not yeah. knowing exactly where it will go. And one thing that um, for anyone that donates to organizations like compassion international and some other um, organizations we've, we've talked about in this program, it's nice to get those updates and those newsletters. So you can kind of, sometimes we get the opportunity to see where that money is going and it feels really good to know that you're making an impact in you know, certain people's lives um, every month or however often you donate. So that's always helpful. I think a lot of ministries realize the importance of showing people uh, wh- how the kingdom is being built with their with their help, and that's yes. always important. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the um, you know one of the follow up questions that I left everybody with that um, surprisingly actually got engaged quite a bit in our extra rounds class. Um, I talked to some of the folks that uh, were in that yesterday, and basically for those of you that don't uh, that don't uh, join us here in person. The Extra Rounds class is just a class uh, that meets right after church, and they talk about the questions that I put out each week, and they drink some coffee and just kind of dive down into stuff a little bit deeper. Um, but one of the questions I ask is, when is it hardest for you to have that cheerful heart, you know, that that mentality of giving with a cheerful spirit? So uh, some of the examples I gave were from the uh, churches of Macedonia, that they still gave, even though they were in the midst of persecution, even though they were still feeling like they had to prove their faith to the church of Jerusalem, um, and, and even uh, in, in the moments where they themselves were in poverty. you know, And so I said, if you take those three things just as examples, and maybe there are some others out there that you can think of, but I asked, when is it the hardest to have a cheerful heart? Because the churches of Macedonia, even in the midst of persecution and, and having to prove themselves and, and that poverty, were still cheerful in the way they give. And so I guess just just because that question was asked, let me ask you, Sarah, for for example, when is it hardest for you to give? And I'll, I'll share mine personally as well. Yeah, I think it's hard to um, give like when I'm going through uh, in a, in a tough time financially myself. And I, I've been blessed with employment pretty steadily um, the last 20 years. But when I was unemployed and it was just very difficult even to make sure I make my monthly rent payments and stuff, it was hard to also still be taking tithe out of my unemployment or waiting for unemployment to arrive and still tithing regularly and cutting back on some of my donations and you know out of fear that I wasn't going to have enough and you know Mm. I want to get to the point my dad was unemployed quite a bit um uh, when we were growing up and he and my mom they would tithe like everything from like random gifts from people to his unemployment check they never missed it and they were faithful with their tithe and I, I now as an adult, I, I much more appreciate that approach of, you know, tithing and faith and giving even when they weren't sure how they were going to provide for us, um, God provided. And so I think, you know, in the few times I didn't trust God with my money, um, it was because I didn't, you know, have that stability that I was used to having a paycheck every week, you know. Um, I think that's when it's hardest for me when I don't see my basic needs being met or I'm afraid that they, they won't be met. That's when I start to cut back on any extraneous, like any extra giving. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I try to live my life in such a way that we don't get to that point that we do have a reserve of savings and stuff, but you know, some people will fall into hard times. There could be one medical bill that's not covered or one car accident and the car is totaled. You know, there's, there's always situations where 
life is going to throw something at us financially. And um, it can be hard to continue to give when, when you yourself are, you know, not sure that your needs will be met, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think for me, that's also the, the hardest time, you know, um, me and my wife were fortunate enough to work in some ministries where actually it was support raised and we didn't necessarily know what we were getting every month. And, um, you know, there were times that when you look at that bottom line, when we'd sit down to do the budget, you just kind of be like, how is this going to work? How is this ever going to happen? You know, and, and if I got to cut something, then, you know, I can cut giving here and then I can even justify in my mind, well, I'm going to give in other ways. I may not financially give, but I'm going to volunteer or I'm going to give to this organization on the side or that person that I bought a meal for this week, that's going to count as my giving, you know? And so we start justifying it out so that at some level we don't necessarily feel bad about it, but I'm, I'm, I am really bad about doing that. And um, it's something that over the years God has uh, worked on me with um, and something I am still growing in. But, you know, one of the things that we've started doing um, just personally is, you know, for us, we have just actually counted that amount out of our budget. You know, instead of even think it's even there, something we can even touch, we just recognize that it's already gone. You know, the minute it comes in, it's already gone. And so we don't even count it as part of our budget. And then we're not looking at that as something that we could count on almost as an extra savings account, if that makes sense. Um, and so it is, it's hard to, to have a cheerful heart when you're wondering, am I going to have money to pay the bills at the end of this month? Um, you know, and uh, really, I, I think from the lesson we get from the Macedonians um, is that they themselves were impoverished. And yet they, it only, it says it only increased. It gave them a rich generosity uh, because they wanted um, to provide for the church of Jerusalem. Um, and one of the things that, you know, uh, I don't know if you've experienced Sarah, but you know, that we experienced as, as we kind of went through that time that I talked about earlier, where there were months we were wondering if, if we we're going to be able to pay the bills and if we're just eating rice and beans this month. Um, one of the things that I think is really important is you cannot understand the impact of generosity or the hope that it brings until you yourself have almost been a recipient of that or have been at a place where you're so poverty stricken that you, you understand what it is uh, to sit in that kind of poverty. And, and I think it really changes your mindset on uh, why generosity is so important and why it is a biblical trait. It's, it's a characteristic of God himself. Absolutely. And I think um, if you haven't had that fear of not having enough, it's hard to empathize with others that are currently fearful of that or struggling. Yeah. Um, one, one quote I've always liked, I don't know if I heard it from a sermon or something, but I remember someone saying, you can't outgive God. So try yeah. as you might, you cannot outgive God. And, you know, I challenge people to try to do that, you know, <laughs> see what yeah. happens. But, yeah. um, you know, and giving is different. Some people, their love language is gifts. And so they, they always are blessing people. Let's say they're always picking up the check at dinner or they're always buying coffee. They're always being that friend. And it can be hard. Like I have a friend that this is actually really funny. Um, I know that she doesn't listen to this, so I can share this story. But she, uh, <laughs> those she are the best husband, ones ever. Yeah, she, yeah. Funny. she and her husband were going through a rough time. So we had sent her a gift card um, to get like so, a meat program that we subscribed to, like really good quality meat. So we just thought that would be a nice thing. They're going through a tough time. So next thing we know, we get an Omaha Steaks delivery the next week in the same amount. And I look at Greg and like, did you order this? He's like, no. And, and sure enough, it was from them. And it was kind of like, okay. I mean, that was really nice. Of course, we thanked them and stuff. But it was like, we were trying to be the blessing, you know, help them out. They have a young daughter. And, you know, it was then returned in the exact same amount, the same item almost, you know. And, I, and it was just like, okay. And some people have a hard time accepting 
um, help and support. And and that was something I learned that maybe that wasn't the best way to just randomly send someone a gift. Um, maybe there was some, another way I could have encouraged her or something or asked, you know, what, you know, what they could need. But it is hard for some people to accept help, even people at, you know, the poverty level or, you know, there's a pride issue, too. Um, and it can be very hard for people to accept uh, help without yeah. feeling like they failed in some way. And that, and that's something to be able to allow someone to bless you when it's appropriate, I think, is an important skill, you know, important trait to have. Yeah, yeah, because it's definitely something has, God has put on their heart. And to, you know, kind of not give them the opportunity to bless you, um, you know, that's uh, that is taking away from what God has put on their heart. And that's a hard thing to understand and to accept. But, you know, I deal with it, too, even that very thing, because uh, we were going on vacation with the college students uh, and our college ministry. We took that trip to the beach and uh, a neighbor of mine, uh, he he cut the grass just because I asked him and I said, hey, I'll pay you when I get back because he cuts grass for a living and. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to pay him and he said, he said, no, we just want to give it to you. And we knew if we told you otherwise, you wouldn't do it. So, um, yeah, and, and he's right. You know, he's like, don't, don't steal my blessing. So, um, right. you know, there, there is a way and a way in which we can accept those blessings and, and still give glory to God. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it is something we all have to decide, you know, individually what we're comfortable giving, like up to what we're comfortable. We don't want to do it begrudgingly. We don't want to do it like the Pharisees and make sure everyone knows exactly how much we're, you know, working into a conversation that we just <laughs> dropped a huge amount of money in the plate or something. And you know, we want to make sure we're not uh, that our hearts are in the right place with it. And I think when you're married, it adds a different layer because you and your spouse really need to be a united front on it. If you disagree on the amount and the frequency that can cause a lot of problems. And um, so it's definitely something to talk about, you know, individually in the family level. Um, and as we talked about last week, it's never too soon to have your kids start tithing their allowance or giving to missionaries or other things um, the teaching them as young as they can, you know, get a allowance or something. And uh, they should be learning that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, that, that was good. Is there anything else you wanted to cover that we haven't covered? I, I don't think so. Um, just a lot more things coming this summer. So make sure you check out uh, the Bunker Hill app and um, make sure you're watching uh, what's upcoming on the website and ways in which you can get plugged in. Cause um, I'm just excited about where God's going and what we've got ahead of us. So. Me too. Me too. And also we are now, um, the podcast is now available on Amazon music podcast. You can just search for the real hill. It will show up. And then also on Apple podcast. So if that purple, um, icon on your phone, if you have an iPhone, um, that's podcast. So you can find us there and subscribe and that way you'll never miss an episode. Absolutely. Um, and it's easy to share. So we, we're glad to be doing this. It's a privilege to be able to, um, to connect each week and reflect on the message. And uh, we'd love to hear from people. Always feel free to message us, um, comment, whatever makes sense. And we'll, we'll look forward to the rest of the series. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. All right. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Real Hill Podcast. Please visit us online at bunkerhillchristian.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bunker Hill Christian Church. Thanks so much for joining us and be blessed this week.